another episode of get happy and drop the label my name is kyle that right there is a song uh called home alone by ansel elgort a-n-s-e-l space e-l-g-o-r-t i love giving artists their due credit i like that song maybe one day i'll let somebody else choose a song but right now i got the hands on the ox cord so without further ado i will hand it over to heather and she will uh get us going Hey everyone, my name is Coach Heather. You guys might know me from TikTok as Coach Heather904. And here with us today, we have Kyle Johnson, who was just speaking with us. And he, he also manages, um, will you say your website one more time, Kyle, for me? I would love to. Uh, drop the labels. It's uh, a movement that we stand up against stigma and bullying of people in recovery. And I think it's really, we just stand up for all people. Uh, any injustice. So drop the label.godaddysites.com. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kyle. And then we also have our co-host Diamond Morales with us as always. And then I'm so excited because we have a guest speaker tonight and his name is Juan. You guys can follow him on Instagram and TikTok as L underscore Juan, J-U-A-N underscore in underscore only. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Um, go give him a follow because he does amazing cosplays like Aladdin and Bruno, and you guys will not be disappointed. And he also has an amazing testimony to share with us today about surviving um, abuse. And he just is so magical and inspirational, really. So I'm just really- He's got um, good hair. Great yeah, eyebrows, good teeth, yes. features are max. I'm not trying to go off produce characters, but like, I don't know who his parents are, jeans and all that, father, I don't know what happened, but he's good. He's good. I got you. I got yes. You, yes. I'm so excited. And before we do that, Kyle, before um, we started um, recording this episode was actually telling me about something really interesting. And I am going to pass the mic back over to him because I would like for him to tell us more about it. So I have this friend. Um, and I mean, really, if anything, it's someone I actually I, I idolize. Uh, I, she, she's the reason why I got started in doing harm reduction and why I started like engaging conversations with definitions and like finding out the truth behind things right so i had a situation with someone that i couldn't tell that they were misleading me i they they were so good at it i didn't i thought i was wrong right but the conversation bothered me like it, it didn't sit well so i brought it up to a few people when i brought it up to her she asked me if i've ever heard of the word darvo d-a-r-v-o 
I said, nope. She said, okay, I got some things for you. So she sent me the definition of DARVO, okay? So it says DARVO is an acronym that stands for deny, attack, and reverse victim and offender. It is used by people who cause harm to minimize and silence people who have experienced harm. DARVO, the D stands for deny the behavior. A stands for attack the individual doing the confronting. R is for reverse the roles, V for victim and, and O offender. The perpetrator assumes the victim role and turns the true victim or the whistleblower into an alleged offender attacker by trying to undermine their credibility through false accusations. Now, that blew my mind because I went over, not just like that conversation I had with that person, but I went over situations in my life where I knew for certain that I was 100% right, but I was made out. Yes, I'm in, in right. It's a, that is a trigger, bro. Like I was made out to be the criminal when I knew that I wasn't wrong. So going into speaking with Juan and letting him share his, like this is this is Juan's safe space for tonight. There is no judgment. Um, and I need you to know that because sharing your trauma in a safe space is a validating thing, bro. Like not having people go, oh no, you no, can't nobody tell you no today, right? Can't no one say gaslight you and say that you well, you knew better or you chose that or it was your decision. None of that, right? So like that right there, yeah, I grew up in situations and I in relationships that I'm sure that you have something extremely uh, huh, emotional to share and you have the floor, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't expect that. And I needed a moment with my, I'm, I am a Christian. I, I believe in Christianity. That's a talk for another time, but um, <clears throat> I need a moment. I need, I need uh, encouragement. And uh, I believe you're a Marine, aren't you, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm Navy. So, I mean, you know, your men's department, but uh, we gave you guys some free rides. I no appreciate it. Tonight. No snuggling. No <laughs> I won't promise. Not now. It's Sunday night. You know, we don't snuggle on Sunday <laughs> nights. Um, but uh, um, people are like, what's going on? It's like, yeah, <laughs> we'll explain that later. <laughs> no, that was a. But you know what? The mission has to go on. You got to go. Full charge, bro. You know how it is. You know how we do. Yeah, we'll deal with that later. I didn't know you. See, she didn't tell me this. Now we can go in. Ah, wow. All right. Oh yeah, it's gonna get weird up in here, people. I'm it's, just gonna let you know. <laughs> it really is it's gonna get weird. Right now. Let me explain to you guys. Anybody in the military branch, when we come together, we may look like we hate each other, but really, that's just love. That's just how we deal, and we have to deal with trauma differently. When you got guys who are, and I'm gonna listen, guys. Trigger alert. Trigger alert. When you have veterans who are killing themselves. Yeah. who are dying in combat, who are going through some hell. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. You know what? Sometimes we get through it by making some jokes. We deal with it, but we come together. We And we have that bond. So, yeah, I'll, I'll trash talk him being a Marine. He'll trash talk me being a silly little Navy guy. Um, that's usually but, how they uh, sound, by the way. Yeah. That's love. That's love right there. That's love because I'll tell you what. If somebody wants to talk trash about the Marine Corps and never served in the military, you're done. I'm not gonna let that happen. That's my brother. So we ain't gonna let, we ain't gonna allow that. Um, that having said, 
Thank you guys so much. Heather, thank you for the invitation. Thank you everybody for listening right now. I hope you guys are all having a great night right now. I like to joke around, uh, but this Dargo acronym, I didn't expect that, but man, <laughs> that hit. That hit hard because that's what I went through. That is, if you guys ever watched the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, we saw that men being victims of domestic violence is now broadcasted. This is how it looks like when a man is a victim. I'm still wearing Bruno's cape. Sorry, I'm wearing Bruno's cape from, you know, like Encanto. <laughs> but it, it, it uh, I'm taking it off right now. If you can't see, people are like, what's going on? Listen, I just took off the Bruno cosplay because it's warm. But the Darvo thing is exactly how they do. And when Johnny Depp went public, he showed the world how men become victims of domestic violence from women. How is it possible? And let me tell you guys, I don't know about Kyle, but I'm assuming if he took McMath, which is Marine Corps martial arts. Oh, no, um, taking me back. Bro, he can fight. Here's the thing. If I dead in Kyle's face and I start telling him off, I also carry the reality that there's this line of violence that I am treading on. And if I hit him, there's no doubt he's going to strike back. Now, switch the roles. Now it's a woman in his face. And then she hits him. And now he's thinking, if I knock this woman out, I'm going to jail. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys. And, and, and I need everyone to understand. Women, I really need you to understand this. You may not hit us, but we do have feelings. Men have feelings. And we'll cry. I can't tell you how many times I sat alone and cried. I'm going to get to my story. I met this young lady. I'm not going to give her a name. I'm going to say her name is, uh, is uh, Annabelle. It's not even close to that. She was from California. I befriended her. But here was the problem. I did not have a relationship with my parents like I should have had. So I didn't listen to wisdom. I didn't listen to criticism. So my feelings told me that I should marry this woman. And I did. Eight months of knowing her, I married her. Now, thank you, Lord. I have three beautiful children that I have custody of. And they live with me. But that's a rarity. And that was a struggle. But in those eight years, I tried being a good Christian man, being loyal to her, no matter what. And I believed her little tricks. Like this Darvo, I was the one beating her. The reason why she was so angry is my fault. The reason for anything going wrong is my fault. She had a bad day at work. She was going to yell at me. And after a while, after a while, I quit believing it. Because see, here, this is what happened, guys. How is this possible? You, you know, you're trained in combat. Yeah, I am. Um, when she swung at me and hit me, I would block him. Effectively. Forearm blocks, forearm blocks. So she would have these bruises all over her arm. Telling me to stop hitting her. Yelling at Stop hitting me! As she's swinging at me. You want to talk about Amber Heard pooping on a bed? This chick pissed all over the floor. She was so angry at me. She dropped her pants and began to pee. And she said, quote, I'm peeing. I'm fucking peeing. And I stood there just shocked. There's fight or flight, but there's also freeze. Fight or flight or freeze. You just, because you don't know how to process that. There's a grown woman just peeing on the floor. Facts. So pissed off. So. Here's where it finally triggered me to something really wrong with this woman. Because I believe, because, oh, I'm sorry. Here's, here's the thing, guys. When you're dealing with a narcissist, they pull you in. 
and they dominate you, control you. When they're about to lose control of you, then they're suddenly so nice. And you're thinking, oh, thank you, Lord, there's hope. And it went up and down, up and down. There's hope. There's hope. Oh, no, there's no hope. Oh, there's hope. Oh, there's no hope. There's hope. And after a while, I got sick of it. I heard a sermon on the radio one time saying 90% of the problems in the marriage can be the other person, but you need to focus on your 10%. And I brought that up to her, showing her, you know what, Annabelle, I am so sorry. I've been, I've been focusing on you. I didn't focus on myself because 90% of the problem could be you or me, but we got to focus on our own 10%. And she was like, no. Like, what do you mean? No. No, no, one person, I'm not saying it's 90%. It's you, I'm just saying, we got to focus on our own problem. She said, no, Juan, there's no problem. Yeah, there is. You can't say that 100% is me. Yeah, it's you. I don't have any problems, Juan. You need to fix your problems. And that's when it clicked. This woman ain't right. She literally believes she is at zero fault. She can't be held accountable. And then she cheated on me the second time. I forget the first. you said the second time. She cheated me a second time. And she mm. planned on leaving me. We found a text message. My dad had one. And she was like, I'm planning on leaving your son. But at the end, when I graduate the Navy, I mean, graduate uh, a, a nursing college, okay, since I need him for um, for the, the scholarships, for the loans. That woman, when I said, we're done, when, when she told me she's done, she left. You want to hear a funny story? I had to take the kids to Hawaii anyway, because my parents were living there at the time. And um, <laughs> the air conditioning went out in the middle of April. So, and I live in Southeast Georgia and it's hot here. I didn't change that. I didn't fix that AC at all, bro. I left, I left that AC broken, I left. <laughs> that girl, that girl left when I came back. But guys, <clears throat> here's the problem now, because now you have all the accusations that they manipulate with. You beat me, Juan. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Um, she came to my house so we can negotiate a uh, um, divorce. Just make it a simple divorce, cheap. And I told her, and this is the first time I started standing up for myself. I said, listen, either we sign this today or I'm going to lawyer tomorrow. She left. I got a lawyer and she quickly got a lawyer. She quickly called the detectives on me saying that I raped her. Wait. Really? No. I'm oh, sorry. that wasn't the only call. One week, I got a phone call saying that we we're inspecting your house because it was left in a clutter situation, unsafe for the children. So I had defects in my house. I've never had that happen. I had a phone call after that week, 930 at night. I still remember knocking the door. Sir, this is a uh, Kennedy County's uh, detective. I'm, I'm like, what? Let me see your badge. Come on in. Phone call about I raped her. The only thing that saved me was the fact that she said I'm in the middle of a custody battle. Because otherwise I'd have been in the back of the car. Because they wouldn't be able to dispute that. That was your that's your wife. Like y'all, like y'all lay down on a regular. Doesn't matter. She went and got a rape kit and everything. But I complied. My dad always taught me this. By my dad, I mean my stepdad. My, my dad always taught me this. He goes, men with integrity, don't, uh, you don't have to be afraid to stand up. My dad's 32 years in the Army. 
So I went the following day. I said, you know what? I'll come tomorrow. We'll do, we'll do a lie detector test. I didn't know that they had something called a voice stress analyzer. They asked you the question three times. They tell you all the questions they're going to ask you. Then they ask you again with the test. They show you that they can tell when you're lying. And they say, are you ready? Yep, this is the one that counts. And you go through the questions again. I passed. They gave her the phone call. Hey, she goes, no, I'll just drop the charges. All and, that got used against her. And nothing gets like, there's no reversal for having false accusations. So she, she can falsely accuse you. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Her saving grace was the fact that she dropped the charges, but they warned her, if you want to come in, you go right ahead or you can drop the charges. She dropped the charges. She dropped the charges. Now, I would love to say that's the end of the story. I really compressed it, guys. <clears throat> but I need everybody who's listening to me to understand. A narcissist has two weaknesses. One is their insecurities. Two is accountability. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch again Amber Heard's uh, uh, um, case. Watch Jada Pinkett when Will Smith told her, please don't record me when I'm at consent right now and start posting me all over the website. Look at this guy over here. Craziness, just doing craziness. All he asked you to do was just, do you mind not without letting me know? You know, I want to be free in my house to just do things. That's all he did. I did that with Laura all the time. Hey, Laura, can you not do that with the kids? It's really giving nightmares. I mean, I, I'm not telling you what to do in your house, but when the kids come into your house, you might not watching that movie uh, really loud. Uh, just wait till they go to sleep. Don't tell me what to do. Oh, Laura, consider. I'm not telling you what to do. Can you just consider for the children? This isn't me. Can't tell them what to do. So this is how you battle narcissists. One, you keep everything on record. Text messages. Phone calls are recorded. Video recording. They don't like it. They don't need to participate. Bye. But you need to understand, they use their charm. Sometimes they come around and start being really nice. And that's when you know that something's up. Everything, everything is a trick to benefit them. And if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you tell that person, let me tell you something right now. You put your hands on me. And I did this to her. I said, Laura, you put your hand. Oh, I gave her a name. I'll find her name is Laura. I get Laura. If, <laughs> if you put your hands on me, I'm going to put my hands on you. Oh, yeah? Yep. The week of Thanksgiving of last year, that woman finally got my hands on her. Because when I tell the children, let's go, and you're physically trying to restrict them from leaving and trying to get between me and them, nope, that ain't happening. I threw that woman to the ground. And I called the police. And they let me go, telling her it wasn't an assault. He defended himself. You kept them from leaving and the children. Let me tell you something. This is what I tell people. I've been helping people for, for, for a while now. This is what I tell people. There's, there's an acronym that I got from a guy named Kevin Samuels. You ever heard of him? The Godfather, Kevin Samuels, he just passed away. He said he used an acronym called SIGN. Shame, insult, guilt, and the need to be right. When someone can't not win an argument, they use shame, insult, guilt, and the need to be right. Okay, don't follow those games. People, don't play those games. They're going to be super nice to you, and they're going to be super mean to you, and they're going to be manipulative to you. If it's a man, he's going to use aggression. If it's a woman, she'll use crying. And oh, I'm constantly scared of him. I live in constant fear of him. Hold your bearings, man. Stay still. Relax. This is what I tell people. Um, is that the truth? They go, well, no. 
Do they have evidence? No. What are you afraid of? And as this, I did this to a woman in court who just went to a narcissist. I put a gun to her face. That's it. That's it. Okay, I'll give you an example. And she goes, because you don't even know how to make decisions anymore. You don't even, you, you are gaslit. She didn't understand that. I explained it to her and I said, this is, okay, this is what I do with them. I go, listen, what color is that dress? Um, black. No, it's not blue. Okay, it's blue. That's what she said, just that quick. I said, do you know what black looks like? She goes, yeah. So what color is that dress? Blue. Why did you doubt? That's what I said to her. She goes, wow. I did this to my children. People use this with your children if you got a narcissistic ex. Just go, hey. Who's that? Guys, who is this on the white cup? That's Mickey Mouse. Can I convince you that's not Mickey Mouse? Never. To a gaslit person, I can. I can tell them that's Donald Duck and they'll just go find Donald Duck. Because that's how they learn to survive. But when you hand. tell the kids, like, yep, what color are these pants? Guys, everybody, Heather, what color are these pants? They are red. Right. Red. They are red. So I taught my children this, and this is what I tell victims. You know the truth because you can see it. So if they tell you you are a drug addict abuser, it's like, do you have the evidence? Okay, then. And you can even do this one if you're ready to do it. And if you say that one more time over text message or I hear you telling other people like that, I will sue you for slander or liable. Do you understand me? And be ready with your lawyer. Be ready with your lawyer. It's worked so long. I see we got in 2016, we finalized the divorce. It got to the point where I told her own mother, I said, you know what? Your daughter respects me more than you. Because if I tell her this is what's going to happen, she backs off. Because she has learned that with me, there are consequences. It's, it's a difference between this. Is what I tell people, this, oh man, I like I got a marine here too. Oh, nice, great. So, <laughs> when they teach you when you're on sentry duty, when you're on sentry duty, the first thing is what? It's your what? It's your when you're when they say your arm, the what you guys you guys call the uh, the sergeant of the watch. Yeah. The first is your what? Is your what? You're sitting there with a weapon. I'm coming up. I'm about to ready. Yeah, you're ready. Your presence one. Presence one. Shout, show, and then. Are we talking about? Yeah, that, sure. Let's yeah, tell, tell, tell yeah. me what, what are your, yeah. We have our explanation. Shout, show, kill. You know, yeah. I don't, we don't, we're not debating this. It's not a debate. Right. I shout, stop. Show, stop. Yep. You keep, then, yeah, you're done. Okay. Let me explain to you guys in, in podcast world who, who can't see what he's doing. He's so he's a Marine. I put him, I set him up. I go, Marine, you're, you're, you're established. You're on guard. Boom, done. He's ready to go. He's out there with his M16 or his M, I mean, he has M16 or his M4. Mm -hmm. He's at presence. He has his orders. His orders are no one crosses this boundary, for instance, okay? That's the line. Now, the boundary is just the line. That's all it is. This is the boundary. It's the boundary between West Virginia and Virginia. This is Florida, Georgia line. That's just a line. That's all it is. Don't cross this line. Mike, I'll smack you in your face. <laughs> or in his case, he has his order. His order is his presence. One, his presence alone as an armed Marine ready to go should shut deters many people. The next thing is, hope, don't move. He just gave you a verbal order or he'll you shout in Arabic or Spanish or Urbi, whatever. Then the next thing comes, he put his guns up, gun at the ready, up at the ready. Now, 
his fingers on the trigger. He's ready to go. The next thing is, you know, they neutralize the threat. Dan, did okay. you just double tap? You double tapped. I seen it. That was two. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why would I put one round there? You're right. He's dead. If, if he's dead, he can't speak up and be like, "You only shot me twice." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dress neutralized. So I, I aim center mass. Um, but <clears throat> so to a narcissist, this is how this works. You put a, a barrier. My my boundary is I'm not going to talk about my private life with you. You know, don't worry about that. Just just talk about the children. What do you want to know about the children? That's a, that's a boundary. A barrier is this: if I catch you on my property one more dog on time. I will have the cops arrest you for trespassing. Do you understand me? What? What? You know what? You have an anger problem. Okay. Get off my property. Guess what? When I, that girl did that one time, I told her, leave my property. Leave my property. She didn't want to leave. I blade her then. I called the police. They showed up. They go, okay, here's the girl. And you can go talk to them. And she looked at me like I was crazy. When she took the children and hid them. Now, understand this. My mother passed away in 2020. She took those children and hid them from me. And I had to go bury my mother by myself. With my dad and everything. No kids. Sorry, bro. It's all good, man. She's, she's, she's in glory. She's on glory. I appreciate that. She's in glory. But you know what? I kept calm. I kept cool. And I used that time when she hid the kids. To get my children back the legal way because I could have gone, bro. I could have gone Navy. I could have gone Navy on her. That door wasn't going to stop me. I told my dad, I said, Pa, you know me and you know your training. 15 seconds, those kids would have been with me. 30 seconds, everyone would have been dead except the children. I couldn't take them right out. But I did went the legal way and uh, it, it prospered. See, what she didn't know was this. And people, you need to listen to me. Assume that narcissist will attack again. Just assume, be ready, always, because they're looking for weakness. So when she did what she did, my lawyer was already re retained. My lawyer was already ready. We had already had a case on her. So we really? just added that to the case. Her life is ruined. She was a, she was a nursing student with, a four, with two four-year degrees and two nursing licenses that now amount to absolute jack crap. Nothing, zero, nothing. Her nursing licenses are gone. She has no driver's license. I set her up with the Department of Child Su uh, Support Services. Guess what? If she don't pay her child support, which she hasn't, she ain't getting her driver's license back and they're always gonna be hounding her for the rest of her freaking life. I also, here's the next issue. When somebody goes from out of divorce, comes out of divorce, uh, how do I make money? This person made all my decisions, especially if you're a woman, uses the man makes all the money. He takes all control of the finances. What do I do? Guess what? Dave Ramsey. Financial Peace University, how to manage your money. Guess what? I'm debt-free, debt-free. I don't need credit. I don't need credit. These creditors come at me for her school loans. Nah, you can go after her. I'm not paying it. Well, your credit's going to be bad. That's fine. I don't use credit. I don't use debt. I pay everything cash, everything cash. If I want a car, guess what? That money that I saved up over the years, that'll be my car payment. Thank you. I'll take a $5,000 car right now. Have a great day. I don't. I don't do that. So she has nothing on me. And she knows that if she tries me, she'll get another one. That's how you battle a narcissist, people. Take back your power. 
Wow. Do me a That's favor incredible. and express to me how long this actually was. So 2016, I finally got divorced from her. It is now 2022. When for uh, when I started really taking charge of my life from her, I would say that's about 2018. And what happened was that over the years, I have taken time to learn myself better and how to reprogram my mind. Again, when you go to basic training, they break down the civilian to build back up the sailor or the marine. Okay, and you and and that's how it is. Okay, and for people who don't understand what I mean, what are you talking about? Great. If you've ever taken martial arts or if you've been on a sports team in high school, you train to the point that things become muscle memory. Okay. If, if, if Kyle over here was messing around me, we just joke around and he tries to take a jab at me. My hands are already gonna be up without me thinking to block that shot. Okay. Because I've been trained that well. That just, okay. Like, oh, you silly sucker, man. You're playing around like that, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> and he'd be joy striking me right in the thighs. You know what I mean? So, but, but, but that's what I'm talking about. So I took, um, to be specific, a uh, shout out to a YouTube channel called Alpha M. So I learned how to be more confident as a man, make decisions and be sure about yourself. Um, the way I dress, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University. I learned how to manage my money how to take control of my finances, build wealth, and at the end, be generous with it, okay? Um, and uh, I, I got a diagnosis of ADHD, depression, and so forth that came from trauma. Um, and like I told the doctor, I wasn't looking for, I love this, drop the label, I wasn't looking for an excuse for why I'm struggling. I need a solution, and I need to know what's going on in my brain, because I understand, I think, I think differently from my yes. brother and myself. Um, and then there's another guy. I love the, the, the Ramsey Network, Dave Ramsey Network. He has another guy named Dr. John Deloney who just wrote a book called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. Once again, own your past, change your future. He also has ADHD and he has two doctorates. And the idea is like dropping a label and another book called Scatter that he, reckon, he recommended shows that a lot of people with ADHD or bipolar and so on and so forth are really just people who've come out of um, trauma as children. So understanding the way our brains work, how do we adapt to this world? And how do we understand ourselves? Doing over that for the past few years has helped me come to who I am now, where I can stand sure of myself, where I have goals and clarity, where I'm the happiest I've ever been in so long, okay? And, and with that, I try to take that knowledge. And as I meet people, help them because dealing with narcissists especially is incredibly um toxic is so easily spud out but when i mean toxic i mean it's more like venomous it's, it, it's even it's even like what you see a lot and i see it a lot on tiktok you see it a lot on media how easily people will call someone a narcissist but when you right. you yourself personally lived it like to have to go like, and I'm, and I'm sorry that you went by like that even happened, mm -hmm. you know, but on the other side, you're resilient and you started to heal your past traumas mm -hmm. and grow from them. Yep. Like you said, who I am today, a happier person, a oh, healthier yeah. person. Oh, yeah. When you said the words uh, boundary versus barrier, 
you're not getting through a bit ba- like that barrier because people put boundaries and you can move that that can be pushed this barrier mm-hmm. though yeah i'm not let you can't cross this right i like that you can cross it it's gonna cost you a lot though it's gonna you cost know? you it's gonna cost you i can put yellow tape from here mm-hmm. to here and be like hey man don't be coming through this line okay guys don't come we're securing this right here okay we're doing something that's that's a, that's a boundary a barrier is I put a line and I got a platoon of Marines ready to go. And two squads I'm really glad guns. that you brought that up and said the difference of that. I had never thought of that um, analogy before. And that was a great example for me because like me personally, it's hard for me to give boundaries and barriers at someone who had a traumatic childhood. That's like a skill I'm still practicing to get, you know, I set my training wheels on it. So Absolutely. I really appreciate that you brought that up. 100%. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. And another example, let's let's go with another example. I, I used the, the, the idea of the Marines, you know, that's a, that's a heck of a, ba- of a barrier. You might be able to get through that. It's going to cost you a lot or you just might die. But uh, another one like for, uh, let's go with this. How about uh, ladies, especially, they seem to be more victims of sexual assault. So um, yeah. if I, a strange man, can walk up to you and touch you and you just freeze and let it happen, um, then yeah, you need to practice your barriers. And you definitely need to practice them. You know, because you should smack the fire out of my hand if I decide to touch your body, especially yes. in the red zone okay. areas. You should be like, mother, don't you ever touch me like that? Sock me around my stomach. You know what I mean? yes. <laughs> Make it cost me. If I right. wanna, yes. You know what? Hey, you know, if you look at yourself going, I know my butt look good, but it's going to cost you the oxygen in your lungs. <laughs> Oh, that was perfect. The sad truth, though, was that in America, they don't teach, they don't allow women to be taught to defend themselves. You know, and that's that's like an in, that's a in-home thing. Clothes, we deserve like, it. Right. That's the in-home thing. Maybe there's a father that says, you are not going to be some man's or woman's victim, right? Mm-hmm. So they teach their child that, right. you know, but they don't, right. that's not something they teach out here. You know that. So, go ahead. Uh, so, so what I was gonna say was, I when when I used to do youth ministry at, at the churches, um, there was that conversation about you know modesty and non immodest dress code things like that. So this is the way I explained it. I said, listen, first of all, let me say this. I don't care if that girl walks in here stock naked. You don't get the right. To, you don't. You don't have a right to touch her. Touch her. You don't have. Believe me, that situation happened one time at a. I used to work at a hotel overnight. Sometimes you got to deal with a naked woman and that, does, that doesn't mean you get to touch her. You right. come with a towel, ma'am, I'm sorry. You kind of turn your head to the side and she comes in and she's embarrassed because she's locked out of her room and she's naked. Um, but I don't have the right to touch her. Okay. So um, that having been said, it, it, what I teach girls is this. Listen, I'm not excusing men. I'm not excusing men for acting wrong. Um, you are free to wear whatever you like, however little, however much, however revealing you want to wear. Understand that there are risks for dressing a particular way. Now, sometimes people get offended by that. Like, I'm not saying that a guy can do things to you. I'm not saying he's excused for doing anything to you. Zero excuse. He is in control of his actions. And if he thinks he's justified to come over you and touch you, talk to you, and treat you any way that violates your body, he is 100% wrong. Okay? 
But risk management goes beyond just your clothing. It goes also where you allow yourself to be and on what state of mind you want to be. If you want to be drunk, wearing a two-piece bikini in the middle of a bar alone with no friends, you are at high risk of being violated. But how okay? is that any different than saying a woman should be able to do all of those things and still not be violated, though? I guess I'm just confused. So, yeah, yeah. again, I'm talking to, um, when I say it's men, men are visual i guess what i'm saying is the risk the yeah so the, if he, i don't, if he I don't took feel it, like there should be a risk of a woman if he, if he took it sure. if he took it like in a military way we're always taught to have situational awareness right like yes we we, we are yeah but that, that's not that's not that's not this because even in the military that's still wrong so i guess what i'm asking is if we're gonna say that no matter what a woman should not be violated. Yep. And I don't think that a risk should be you are out drinking with your girlfriends mm -hmm. and you walked the other direction because that's where your car is, but you're walking by yourself. So you're risking being intoxicated walking to your car. No matter what, you are still a human being. You're still entitled to be a woman in that it situation. And no one should be able to take that away from you. So it's like, to like, me, we, I we... just feel like terming it saying to a woman especially a young woman maybe not a 30 plus woman but saying to a young woman that you're still potentially putting yourself at risk like mm -hmm. especially since you're saying that you're you know like youth ministry that almost kind of sounds like the same thing but that you're just dressing it up a little nicer but it no. it actually sounds like the same thing it, it does and i've had i've had i've had I mean, say the same question before. And so let me explain this. It would be like, um, so everywhere in this world, there's a bad neighborhood. And I can choose to walk through that bad neighborhood wearing the opposite side's colors. Like I'm Fort Bragg, North Carolina, there's a lot of Crips. If I want to walk around acting like I'm the Bloods, walking through the same neighborhood, I can do that. Now, I shouldn't have to be killed and I shouldn't have to be afraid. But if I got mugged, if I got uh, robbed in that area, being the wrong color or being wearing the wrong colors or being the wrong race, um, and I live in Southeast Georgia, that shouldn't happen. I you know, know what and, you're and, saying. And, 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 wait, I just, just think it's a bad let example. Let me, let, me, let me just finish. So then it's 100% their fault for doing that crime to me. Okay? Now... The thing is, the reality. No, I'm not saying this. People don't. Oh, well, are you saying it's a woman's fault? No, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a woman's fault. What I'm saying is situational awareness. You are free to wear and do whatever you like to do. I support you to do whatever you want to do. It's just that, just understand that there are bad men out there who don't care, who don't care, and they feel that because I guess they don't agree with that. I know. I, like, I agree I don't with your. I, I agree with, with your I agree with your definition when you use the other example. I don't agree with it when you're speaking about a woman, especially if you're speaking to young women who maybe have not gotten to that point of awareness. Like I'm aware, like wherever I go, I'm going to be aware because I'm to that point. But I feel like 21 year old me wouldn't necessarily understand the difference that you're trying to portray. And so just sure. like some feedback to that would be, taking out the risk because there should it, never be a I risk say there's of bad being a men. woman 
There yeah, like bad there's bad. there's never a risk of being a woman. That's 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 what you that's what you were born. That's who you are. I, it shouldn't mm-hmm. matter if you're wearing a tank top. It shouldn't matter if you're wearing bikini bottoms. It's never anyone else's right to take from you. So I think to st- tell a woman that it's a risk, I don't I don't think that terminology is right. Like I get what you're saying. I just feel mm-hmm. like calling it a risk is basically saying the same thing. Like if you're drunk walking to your car, you might get raped. That's the risk that you took by being drunk walking to your car. That's the same analogy. So it, it really didn't change. It's just a it's just a nicer way of dressing it up. Now, now I get what you're no, saying. I mean, now I get what you're saying. I get what you're regardless, saying. regardless if you're wearing a full snowsuit or yep. you're wearing a bikini, yep. regardless, either woman could be sexually assaulted. Yeah. So, so now I now I get yeah. where you're coming from. That's why I'm oh. saying like oh, I, I get, get what I, you're it, saying, it, but like, I, I don't get agree it. with it. It just it, like, it was a way no. of explaining. It was a way of explaining that the fact that one you don't have a right, but unfortunately, and I hear what you're saying, there are bad guys out there who just don't care, and they'll find whatever reason excuse to just violate you. And I have zero idea where the heck we were in this situation where we were our original conversation was, but I understand what you're saying. So please, people, don't be like, oh my god, they think no, absolutely not. You are not at fault of your own violation. Anybody violates you, they cross the line they weren't supposed to cross. Because guess what? Like I said, I've had a woman naked. I never took advantage of her and everyone tried. I took a towel, wrapped her around, and let her back in the room. Okay? You don't have but any rights. When I seen her unmute, I was like, she's coming with something. And it I was happens. ready. I, it always happens. I, no, no, but that, but it may not No, it's, it's not It's not a bad thing. I just feel like, and I no, guess it was more or less because you were talking about the fact that you are speaking to, to youth when you, like you made that analogy because you were speaking yeah. to like a youth ministry. Yeah. And to me, I was kind of like, whoa, I don't know if that's really the, the greatest analogy for youth. <laughs> no, like maybe a different one. <laughs> they, they understood like, they understood they asked I, the questions and they understood what they were saying so but not everybody does and what i want to say to that because honestly like i'm not even gonna lie like your bloods and criminology really wasn't that good either because to some extent if you are a blood going into yeah. crip land and you're yeah. openly choosing that you are intentionally choosing to be disrespectful like that is very intentional and I'm, right. I'm, I, I agree. And I think a crip or a blood would both agree that if you come into our territory wearing the other color, you're basically saying, hey, I'm here to disrespect you. What's up? What's going to happen? This is the analogy I think suits it for this, right? <laughs> We're people of color, dark skin, brown skin. We deserve life just like everybody else. But for some oh, reason, yeah. on this land, in this country, they believe that we are less than just because we are not white skin. Okay. That's right. So they can take our lives and take our power and make life a lot harder for us just because they feel they're superior. Men that take advantage of women have the same mindset. You were weaker than me. You were less than me. You are a woman. I am dominant. Adam came first. Eve is my bitch. Sorry. That's not true. (laughs) Right. That's not true. That's how they feel. That's how they feel. That's exactly how they feel. That's exactly so like, how they feel. They're wrong for that. There was a there was a uh, uh, a TikTok where a man, forget his name, Heather knows him. 
He's a black man with with, with dreads, well, with locks. Oh, I love him. And he, and he spoke and he said, he asked a bunch of questions about women, about how do you feel walking outside in public? How do you feel having to pay attention to every person that passes you? How do you feel right. always looking over your back and shoulder? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And when he was done, he says, that's what it feels like to be black in America. And everybody was like, you know, a lot of people took offense. And then a lot of people agree. But we're like, but it's the facts. We, you're offended now that he had you at hello. And then he said black. Yep. And now you're like, ah, curse him for making me. No, I <laughs> I've seen that because there are some people who believe that one person is more of a victim than the other. And yeah. um, and it shouldn't be that way. And again, like, I apologize if I made you feel like that. If oh, I, you if didn't I made it sound like a woman is at fault for her own violation. It's like zero. <laughs> but um, Oh, no, I was genuinely just curious. I'm like, he couldn't have meant it like that. Like, I need to figure out. Yeah. No, heck no. Nah. No, and I'm glad you asked the question because it, it does need to be cleared up. Because, But anyway, because there are some people who believe that. Like, what were you wearing? It doesn't matter what she's wearing. She freaking doesn't need to be. I'll touch that way. But yeah, you're right. I had that happen. We had a conversation. Listen, I love my white people. I really do. But in this conversation, I heard somebody saying that they want to go to a black college. They just didn't want to be a white person go to a black college. I'm like, but as a minority, me Hispanic, that's normal for us to be one of the few colored people or different race in any school. And right. you're worried about being the minority race in a black school. Why, you know, like, like you can get a scholarship for um for being white at a black college, historic black college, and this person's like, no, absolutely not. I, I couldn't do that. I'll be the only white person there. I'm like, but what does that matter? We're used to this. <laughs> like, we right. are used to this. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, but yeah, I totally get you on that one, man. I totally get you. And you're right. But eh, that's the life we live sometimes. It's la vie. That's French people. I mean, such is life. You're uh, um, I lost my mother when I was 11. So when it comes to losing moms, I, I am bound to that connection. Oh, bro, seven. I am yeah, bound no, to that was. connection. My mom. Wait. In fact, that's my mom, and my sister, right there. That's my mother. Oh, oh. she's beautiful. beautiful. And she was 50 something years old. To, to your mom. Yeah, my mom. She's was absolutely looking. gorgeous. She was she was an amazing woman. My mother was also a victim of domestic violence. My biological father beat her up in front of me. He tried to drown in a bathtub. He threatened to kill her. Um, speaking of being not safe walking around, we were in Spring Lake, North Carolina. Being I'm like seven years old. I mean, no, five years old. I remember guys in trucks trying to holler at my mother, and like you know, I'm trying to be tough and make sure my mom is safe. You know, I remember trying to fight my biological dad over my dad. My biological dad's stupid narcissist, such a bad narcissist, like, like straight up by definition, narcissist. Hey, he Wait, has did you no, say your mom or your dad was a narcissist? By, by my biological dad. My mom was amazing. Oh, you're okay. My mom was an amazing one. She was an amazing mother. She got married to a great guy who I call my dad. He's the one we have a relationship with. Um, like I remember rejoining my biological dad and he is, he, 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 I was a sucker back then, naive, but we stopped talking. And the last time word I had with him is when my, after my mom's funeral, you know, and, uh, because, you know, he, he's very charming with his words, but you need to back them up. You know, this is a verse in the Bible that says faith without works is dead. Yeah. Yes. I heard that. Before. 
And in the book of James, I think in chapter two, verse 17, it says that uh, you believe in God, you do well. The, de the demons believe and tremble. In other words, now, and this is speaking more spiritual, but one thing you guys understand, the narcissists talk a lot, but you need to back it up with evidence. Back it I up. I found that the, they do like to talk a lot because when you were sharing about your ex-wives, like I was mentally making similarities like with my mom and I, people who are listening who's never dealt with a narcissist before like some of the things that you're saying that your ex-wife did like peeing on the floor and people listening again who's never dealt with somebody like that you think that that's crazy and like people don't act like that but they do like my mom would do crazy stuff like that too and it just makes me wonder like how did they get there are people born that way like or did like something happen and how do we how did we uh, get ourselves in situations like, you know, my mom was like that, you know, so I found myself in relationships like that later on in my life. And, you know, I've just, I guess through some of the work that I've done, I've found like, um, like I'm not a narcissistic person, but I have narcissistic tendencies. So I go and look out for people who have narcissistic <laughs> qualities. <laughs> what does that mean? So it's, it's what mean? Is, is like, that Spanish too. Imagine imagine being groomed by an abusive person, right? Imagine having an abusive yeah. partner. So when you go into your next relationship, one, I've done no therapy, no counseling. I've done no, I did not remove anything that was implanted in me. So I start to yeah. portray certain characteristics or habits that were given to me during yep. that traumatic experience. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, are you doing your nails? She's not nah, doing I'm killing, I'm killing them all. No, no. Oh, no, peel them all, man. Go ahead and your nails. No, it's just Joe polish. It's not I like, like it. My oh, is that that stuff that if look, I got my nails done, and for some reason, Sorry, my daughter was like, my daughter was real big on me getting black, and they jailed them over. I still have bright clear nail polish on my toes. <laughs> okay. I, I got to be. I'm using my natural eyelashes and this is my natural hair. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, look, you don't have to flex because you got good hair. You can just flick it back. Oh, right. no. Here, I'll flex. I'm sorry. Let me show you, Let me show you what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. I feel like he's about to come back with <laughs> Oh, he got the Garnier. America. <laughs> See, I don't look as good as sis over there with the braids. But yeah, I got narcissistic tendencies, so I have to actively remind myself to ask questions in a conversation about the other person and to not say I, I, I. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. So, yes, I have narcissistic tendencies. That was part of my diagnosis. I was like, oh. So. I'm really but, glad you brought that up too, because mm -hmm. I also do the exact, like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, fuck, God, I'm being toxic. God, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and sorry. Tourette's. <laughs> and Tourette's. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> bilingual. What is a, what is a, like a, a bilingual person sound like with Tourette's? Do they just switch back and forth languages? Do they stick with one? I don't know how that works. We we'll probably have. One time. What? What? Did you guys remember True Life? I have Tourette. 
There no. was a bilingual was that MTV or there. TLC? Yeah, back in the day. MTV. Yeah, yeah that was bro. I knew MTV. what you meant. I knew what you meant. Look, that's not a People don't understand, man. We need we need the old MTV back because yeah, we really do. Because now it's just I'm, I can't watch it. I can't it's afford trash, that many bro. STD tests. It's, it's trash. I can't. It's I can't afford. I can't afford that many STD tests. I can't. Wait, so like, were you Juan? Were you like um into like religion before you got married? Great question. Uh, I was brought up in church, and then I left when I became an adult and then I alone came back um, before, was good, actually, before I got married, but I just had a very wishy-washy because of my background. If you ever go to a church that's super like restrictive, um, restrictive and you feel like you can't have a thought, uh, mm. you can't question anything. Um, everything, it seems like a performance. And this whole, yeah, it's whole like grace of God and love of God is like far fetched. You know about the judgment of God, but this the, it, 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 you, you become bitter towards a certain style of church. Um, we're gonna sing this style of music. We're gonna dress this exact way. We're gonna read this kind of Bible. We're gonna do it just like this. Um, so then, when I came back to church, it was much more like you can't really tell they're Christian. They just kind of seem like Jesus is hip and awesome, and man, God loves you too, man. Woo! Yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> oh, so cool. there becomes a, a lack of standard. You almost do the opposite. Anybody goes to trauma, right? You tend to gravitate to either that same traumatic experience or you go to the complete polar yes. opposite, right? That's why some people leave, like, like half the people who live in Mormon church, even though I don't consider them really Christian, but Mormon church, they, 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 they leave and they completely walk away from anything related to anything Christian. Um, uh, uh, God, nothing, you know, they just, because they want nothing to do with that. So they had such a bad yeah. experience. It's like I don't Massive. want anything to remind right. me of what that was. And this is why this is important. This is why it's important to talk about all this stuff. I don't mm -hmm. I don't see these conversations if they happen, they don't happen on big mainstream anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's certain things people don't want to touch. And will that happen? Keep it in the family. I was told I've been expressing my trauma and my past. And what I advocate for for a while now, and I was phone called by my brother and he expressed mm -hmm. he was upset because when my mom passed away at age 11, I didn't see my mom's grave. There was nothing that we did for, about my mom until I was 30 and in a relationship with a woman that said, it is about time that you go see where your mom is. Right. Mm -hmm. So then she went and got the information and took me to go to my mom's grave site. I expressed that situation a few months ago and I get a phone call from my brother who's never, we don't talk, but he called me and told me, Hey man, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you. You know, my wife says you're, that you're losing it. You don't look too hot. He's like, but you need to man up and stop spreading our business on so you know, on social media and Facebook. And I was like, it's nice to talk to you. You know, yeah, but he doesn't call you otherwise except to say that. Wait, why do you guys not know? Like, why didn't you know where your mom was? So there? from age 11, when we had the ceremony, when we went to leave, they took us home. They took me and my brother. I was 11. He was 12. They took us home because they felt that we were too young. But after that, when we moved into my aunt and uncle's house, there was no more mom. Like, my uncle looked at me and my brother and said it's time to grow up 
like night two at my uncle's house, he looks at me and my brother and says, you're not going to kill me like you killed your mother. Now, when I share that stuff, people look at me like, really? I said, I'm not, I don't have to make up what happened to me as a kid. My, our world turned into going to a family restaurant and working in school and being scared to death that we're going to step on some eggshell, some magic eggshell that breaks that, you know, then he dictates an ass whooping. So it's like no one, he apparently there was nothing anyone else could do because that's just how he he carried himself. And it was like from age 11 to 30, there was no, there was never a routine that was created for me to go see my mother's grave or no one said, let's go see your mom or put flowers there or nothing. So when I went to see my mom, I was 30 and I was an active addiction. I was actively using heroin at that time. Like I have pictures, you know, imagine all the pain that people go through where no one's, whether they were taught it or they were, you know, blocked from it, but like trauma being the ultimate gateway to everything negative that can come your way that you either allow to come your way because you're too traumatized to pay attention or you do it to yourself because you're losing your mind, you know? So like today I know where my mom's plot is today. I can go see her like, a few, I want to say a few weeks ago, I went and I put a cross with flowers on it at her site, you know, oh, like, and for my brother to call me and be like, you need to man up. I don't know what I've been manning up since age 11 and it didn't work. <laughs> like, hello, you know, like imagine someone looked at you and said, hey, you made those vows. You took that oath. You stay with her wow right we're just supposed to stay in the shit when your brother says that to you this is just my opinion but i really think that he wish i think he's saying that to himself but he's projecting that onto you he probably is um and i feel bad speaking on him because i've never met him or anything but i'm just like i know how i was with my sister i bet he wishes that he had the courage that he sees in you to do that you know and pay the respect that he knows that y'all's mom deserves but I, maybe he's like which no excuse again because that's his you know that's his responsibility and he needs to be accountable mm -hmm. for his shit but sounds like he's still like in his unprocessed trauma and he's projecting it onto you which is sad in his point of view but speaks volumes about you because you know like your brother literally sees like you just being like I I'm not gonna live my life like this anymore you can come with me or you cannot come with me but I'm just gonna keep going you know which again it's so sad it's hard for trauma survivors you know because it's like we have Has he to seen choose ourselves what yeah, did you say they're they're all aware they are all so aware. how does he like because like i agree he, with Heather, he, but then i also don't because i also feel like like you know i'm on the podcast with you guys i talk to you guys but i don't necessarily communicate the same way that you two do right. like i'm not active on facebook i'm not active on tiktok like i follow i will watch all the videos but like, I'm not necessarily the one who's going to turn the camera on and put my emotions out there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, I don't want to, I don't, I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing like, 
like last episode, um, I don't even know if this was on the actual episode, but in the last episode, Cassie had asked like if I've ever been like if anyone's ever thought I was autistic, and I'm like, no, never. But I was raised by a man, so I have a lot of very masculine tendencies. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about your brother, just between me and Heather, like I immediately noticed the difference. Like Heather almost immediately went to like being like empathetic and sympathetic to his situation. And I kind of was more like, shoot, I feel him. Like I'm not about to turn a camera on and people watch me cry and like whatever. Like, not nah, <laughs> cool. I'm gonna handle this myself. Like it so it's like I, I noticed that and, and and I'm working on that though with myself. So I can still say like I feel like he still needs to process it, but I also don't want to take away how someone else like right. And with like, that, have you you're, to and him? with that, yeah, we we so we've talked, and I just want to acknowledge how much you've grown just from us doing this. Like I'm at, like every time you have a conversation with someone, you take something with from that conversation. So as men, we are taught to nut up, shut up, do what you're supposed to do. Uh, we don't have time for that crying stuff, right? Imagine my whole life, I've just had to grip my teeth. I went. To, I I made. I I heard I was having a son. I went to the Marines and made myself a better man. And I was struggling even then, sleeping in a in a closet. My 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 sleeping in my cousin's closet, who was twelve, because they were too embarrassed to have me sleep in the living room or on the couch or on the floor of the couch or anything because I was nineteen and my family just kind of my immediate family that was supposed to take care of me was just kind of like, eh, all right. So like my safe haven was a park bench or a random stranger's couch or some woman I manipulated so I could have a place to sleep. So my entire life, I've shut my mouth. And then I go into AA and then I'm told I'm not special and I'm not unique and I need to, I'm powerless and I have no control over my life or my movements. And now you need to shut up and do what we say. So then five years later, I have this freaking epiphany. I'm everything powerful. I'm all loving. I'm worthy of way more than what I've been giving myself and allowing people to give me. And so if you say, so I found that with me freeing myself visually and verbally, those that don't like it are not going to like it, whether I said it out loud or said it behind closed doors, but those that need to hear it also get to free themselves. So like it bothered my brother because his wife mentioned something to him but it bothered him because he for the first time in 35 years finally seen his little brother express something that he's been ignoring because I've been trying to tell this guy forever (laughs) forever I mean forever I've been looking at him like yo and it, it ain't and it's not getting to him so like with Juan you shared what you shared I promise you Anyone that listens to this is going to pay attention. Anyone. And I and I started this questionnaire with our first guest, and I would like to hit it to you and say, anyone going through a relationship where they feel that they are with a narcissist or someone that has extreme narcissist tendencies or characteristics, is there anything out of everything that you said, everything that you feel, is there anything that you are dying to make sure 
that you say right now for them to hear so that they can take this and process it? It's not all your fault. That is such a good one. That is, so, and it's so simple. I love that. It's not all your fault. Mm. Can you say that? You. We can go further. We can go further. By the way, Diamond, I like that you express yourself. Keep doing that, please. Um, as, a, as a single father with two girls, <laughs> that's all girl, girl. Listen, you smile, keep smiling. Uh, I like that. Don't ever fake a smile. Um, uh, as a, father, a single father with two girls, <laughs> I can braid. Great <laughs> hair. I can put ponytails. I encourage the girls to be as girl as they want to be or as tomboys as they want to be. Um, and to, to share their feelings and that daddy's listening to my son, I told him this. Listen, uh, you know how sometimes they have to save a dam? He goes, what? He goes, they got a little water out. He goes, but doesn't that, but isn't that what the, but isn't the dam's with the hold back water? Yes, but if it holds back too much water, it can break and the dam fails. So sometimes to save the dam, you got to let some water out. So it's okay to share your feelings to cry. It's okay. You do more, you do more damage trying to hold it all in. So that's how I, I teach him. Um, that haven't been said. Again, if you're suffering from a narcissistic abuse, whether it be a parent, whether it be a, uh, a sibling, or uh, or you're in a relationship specifically, okay? And they say, well, Juan, I'm a Christian, and we're not supposed to divorce. Listen, we can give divorce. Jesus said, from the beginning, it was, it was supposed to be a one husband and one wife, but Moses gave you the certificate of divorce for your stiff Headedness. In other words, you're stiff neck because you're stubborn, because you're hard-headed, because some of you don't want to be wrong. Some of you need to have a divorce. That's you. why yes. you got the freedom to get divorced. Yes, the God, no, God doesn't want a divorce because that's not the way he ordered it. So I'm telling you that as a brother in Christ, check the scriptures yourself. You can get a divorce, okay? Because some people can't be saved. Oh, but he can change. No, he won't. As long as you live there, he will not change. She won't change. I'll be praying for her. Good. Pray for her from the other house. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this in the way you're explaining it. Right. Across the country. Amen. 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 Man, I got four. Wow, I got three. That's like that's like a genie's wish. I got three. That's all my wishes. That's all I'm. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but seriously, I'm telling you guys because you know what? Because it needs to be said from somebody who's in the church, who's in a, a, a Bible believing church. Because they're like, yeah, but I understand. But you know, the Bible says that. I know what the Bible says. I read it all the time. I'm in it. You know what the Bible also says? It says, guess what, husbands? Let her breast indulge in them. I'll read it for you. It's in there. It's in the book of Proverbs. Some people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you want you never heard that verse? Oh no, we don't yeah, do Proverbs be a oh. little mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, Song of Solomon. That dude Ooh. literally spent a chapter talking about how fine his woman is from the top <laughs> he of her did. head down to her belly button. And he didn't yeah. skip any body parts. He said that her breasts look like two fawns, two, two, two little baby deers, feasting in some flowers. He said, oh, my God. That's not what the kid Bible says, right? What kid Bible? Like when you buy the kid Bibles? I don't know. I don't have it. <laughs> oh, my God. It says this. So funny. Proverbs. Some of you are like, man, let me write this down. Proverbs 5. 18 to 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. 
a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast, that's the things that, you know, <laughs> um, let her breast, that, no, what you're talking about is another, no, 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 he's talking about her boobs. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. That's, thus saith the Lord. Man, I got four cats, bro. Where is, there's no breast here. <laughs> Maybe you can be like a uh, Ben Stiller and milk the cat. No, Heather. No. <laughs> I want to say hey, nothing the like that. No, don't here. milk the cat. <laughs> don't milk the cat. Also, in the, over here. in the book of First Corinthians, I think it's in chapter seven. Guess what? If the wife wants sex, the man has to say yes. And if the man wants some sex, the wife got to say yes. So it's her, in the Bible, says it's her conjugal right. It does say, I think oh. it's in the Bible say it. You shouldn't go longer than like three weeks or something. No, at all. Don't fast for a long time. You give room for the devil. That's what it yeah. says. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yes. And with that, our next episode, we're really going to get into the hidden messages of what and what not to do. Right, because there's some angry women right now. This is my body. I'm with y'all, right? I am with y'all. I'm with you too. No, with you too. But she's right now. She goes, husband. Guess what? (laughs) No last sex with me. The Jesus has got his eye on you. You are in sin. This was. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna read the Bible, and you're gonna have sex with me. So let's say it, the Lord. Okay. Look, <laughs> follow Juan on TikTok. Juan, I am definitely. I already started following you actually before we even started. Um, I do too. I'm very, yeah. very, very thankful to have met you and heard some of your story because I mean, we can't talk about it all, but I know there's a lot there. Yeah, I thoroughly was like holding on to my seat the whole time. Thank you so much. I'm sure that that probably isn't easy to share. And I appreciate you being here with us. And I I thought that what you shared was also very insightful. You gave me personally a lot to think about, like the the boundaries versus barrier. And you also um, recommended some great books. You said um, embrace your past, change your future, and scattered by I think you said that was Dr. Gaber Major. Can you add these books to the description of the show tonight? So that way people can grab them. Yes, I will definitely put those, all of those in the description. And I'll put all of our, all of our TikTok and Instagram. um, I have a question. No, for when you, for when the show is over, I have a question. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. So oh. we're going to start Cut. recording Edit people. after Cut. our juicy talk, right? Ooh. But not tonight. So mm. I am, uh, I'm very, this is. That's when I get to speak in my Spanish accent. This is not fair. <laughs> I only have one language. I only have one. Damn you, America. Okay. He's well. okay. He's okay. <laughs> I'm going to play us out with, uh, with a song that everyone should know. And, um. I better know the song. If you don't know this song, I better know the song. We're like stupid. (laughs) I can't wait. uh, I'm excited. I I just felt like this would be this would be perfect to play us out with. So uh, I hope that everybody is having a good night, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll see you next week.
Bye, everyone. Bye. Later. Everyone's jamming out right now. <laughs> the waiter.